Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're going to talk about the push to the positive that we saw in the markets today, except for the hogs. But data, are we starting to see maybe the economy bouncing back? How about the NASDAQ and what's going on in the Dow Jones? Exciting, though, from the NASDAQ perspective. And then the dollar is going down as well. What is that going to mean? Is it a supporting factor for our commodities? We're going to find out all that as we talk with Arlen Suderman today with FC Stowe. And in Arlen, let's start with that NASDAQ because I haven't looked at it in recent days, I will admit, but some exciting news of how we are getting to a high. Yeah, it really is. We've seen a lot of money flowing into the equity markets and especially the tech sector of late. And um, the NASDAQ has been trading within uh, 1% to 2% of all-time record highs. The S&P 500 and the Dow are following. They're, they're a little further away, but they're heading in that direction right now. We'll see if they're able to sustain it. Um, but the equities have been the favorite place for money. Now, if you're an investor looking to where you put your money, and this is not my advice, it's just, just an, uh, it's an observation. Um, if you're an international investor, you look and you see negative interest rates um, overseas, Europe, Japan, for example. You see very low interest rates in the United States, so you don't really want to put your money there. Uh, you look at the commodity sector, it's been struggling. And so the equities look attractive in particularly selective sectors of it, and the tech sector has particularly looked good. Um, and uh, that money is still there now, particularly with Congress and, and the Federal Reserve pumping more money into the economy. Where will the next phase of money go? Well, we'll watch and see if the commodities have a story. And if a story, then we'll probably see money there, too. Probably not in the sector as a whole, um, but in specific uh, portions of it. So far, the investment funds have said that they see the most opportunity to rebound being in a commodity like crude oil. And so they have been buying crude oil. We came to essentially three-month highs in crude oil prices overnight. We did pull back from that ahead of tomorrow's OPEC meeting, and we took a little bit of weather premium out as a tropical storm in the Gulf shifted a little bit further to the east, sparing some uh, oil fields. But um, crude oil has been one of the more attractive commodities. Corn is at the other end of the spectrum. Uh, with USDA printing expected surplus stocks of $3.3 billion for next year, um, that's been the favorite commodity for the funds to spread other commodities against. So they're being very selective. It's been good for the equities, good for crude oil at this point, and bad for corn. Looking at that dollar, does that put us in a little bit of a better um, export opportunity? It really does. And I'll use the tr um, trade agreement with China to have phase one as an example. Um, yes, there were targets in there that we were never told what they were in an addendum that wasn't published. But overall, what the tr phase one trade deal intended was to remove obstacles so that when we're competitive, China would buy from us and private buyers especially would be able to buy from us. The biggest problem, though, has been in competing because of our strong dollar and Brazil's cheap BRL, their currency. Um, for example, I checked uh, like a week ago, and uh, U.S. prices had to be 35 to 40 cents cheaper just to offset the portion of the price competitiveness that deals with currency exchange rates. Um, so that's how it all plays in. 
Uh, now we're seeing the dollar fall sharply. The BRL is rebounding significantly here in recent days, this week in particular. And as a result, we're suddenly much more competitive. And even though China is angry with us and made threats of stopping purchases, we're still seeing some sales go to China. And I think we'll see a lot more in the days ahead as long as we don't see further escalation of the relationship between of the tensions in the relationship between us and China. You talk about those sales with China, and obviously they're looking to buy more soybeans. At this point, are they trying to fulfill their part of or the phase one, or are we just kind of tossing out an olive branch to be able to keep everybody happy on both sides? I think China's primarily buying because it's in China's best interest to buy. Um, Brazil supplies will not take them and will not stretch to the next South American harvest, so they're going to run short. During the coronavirus outbreak in China, they had shortages that led to some food shortages, specifically meat shortages. Um, They had shortages of feed to feed livestock, which required some liquidation of animals, some euthanization as well. Um, And it closed down their ports. And as we said before, they believe they handled coronavirus better than anyone else in the world. So it's only a matter of time before the rest of the world has similar problems. But regardless, that reinforced some of the hardliners who never really wanted to get rid of the reserves that uh, they used to maintain and a desire to rebuild those reserves. So they can buy from the United States now when our prices are at multi-year lows and rebuild their reserves. And if it happens to help them comply with the phase one trade agreement, that's all the better as well. I think that's why they may still have canceling the trade agreement on their list of retaliatory steps, but I think it's moved down the list and they would rather use other options to retaliate against us um, and keep that door open for the time being. Real quick, are we going to see the corn continue to get the, the short end of the stick on all of this? I think we will until we see something uh, spark a short covering rally among the funds. They have big short positions. That would probably have to be a significant weather event. Will that happen this summer? We'll have yet to see. All right, we'll stick around, folks. When we come back, we are going to take a look at what's happening weather-wise, especially if things start to pick up in the Gulf. How is that going to affect us as we look northern? More is coming up. It is the Wednesday version of the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As we continue our conversation with Arlen Suderman, as Arlen, we look at the weather, we know that there's there's a whole weather system that is kind of brewing in the Gulf right now. Looking long-term or even in the short-term, is that going to have much of a, a benefit moisture-wise for us? And I think that's a key question um, because the tendency has been for high pressure to build really here over the central plains, um, shunting the moisture more around it over the top and around, leaving us dry here in this region. Um, and the drier it gets, drought tends to beget drought. So it's important to see more moisture fall in order to prevent that from really getting momentum, that drought to really get momentum. So hurricane, well, it's not a hurricane at this point, tropical storm Cristobal, um, is uh, forming in the Gulf of Campeche 
and or the Bay of Campeche, I should say, and is expected to move north across the Gulf of Mexico, hitting landfall uh, in the United States probably sometime early Monday morning is the current thinking about these tropical storms. It's always hard to tell. Might reach low hurricane status. That's still a little bit unknown, but expected to bring a lot of moisture on shore. Now, the path originally, they were thinking it might come up into Texas and maybe even head a little bit more to the west and would have brought a lot of moisture up into the plains. Now the thinking is the models are shifting it more east. They have a, a landfall in Louisiana and kind of bringing the, the moisture right up the Mississippi River, um, maybe get across Missouri into parts of southeast Iowa. And so Nebraska may be left out. So that's going to be critical. Now, it could shift back west again. It could shift further east. That's the current trend right now. Um, but that could have some significant implications for the type of weather pattern we really set up over the next several weeks. And what are you hearing in regards to what that weather pattern is going to be? Well, again, we're watching that high pressure, um, which has brought some heat to us this week. Now, it's about to encounter a pretty solid cold front because the high simply isn't strong enough to stop that cold front. So it looks like that's going to break it down. Um, and that may continue to be the pattern or the high rebuilds, cold fronts come through, etc. through the summer. One of the keys to watch is going to be sea surface temperatures off the west coast. Right now, they lean toward above normal. If that's the case, then we very well may see this continued pattern, which would mean overall warm summer with timely rains and some decent yields and, and maybe some real good yields, similar to 2016. Um, on the other hand, if we would start to cool off the West Coast, that facilitates more of a low pressure over the western part of the country with high pressure building over the, the Midwest. And that could leave us with more significant dryness across the Midwest. Right now, that is not expected to happen, but it is a risk that we're keeping our eyes on. When you look at USDA's 3.3 billion bushel carryout of corn, it's probably going to take a pretty significant weather event to really get the market excited. Um, and so that's, that's why watching this is, is pretty critical because if we get into July, and it looks like we're at greenhouse conditions. Um, these funds are probably going to have more boldness in shorting corn um, while spreading it with everything else. On the other hand, if we see that high pressure build up, they've got a lot of short positions unwind. May not give us a bull market uh, $5 corn by any means, but it may give us some much better selling opportunities if such a thing were to happen. Step over to the livestock side. Product prices, a free fall. I know box beef has had, <clears throat> excuse me, their struggles as of late. Uh, product prices that have been in a free fall. We basically are getting livestock processing back up to 90, 95 to where we need starting to refill the pipeline of product and prices and product are just kind of in a free fall and that's leading to a sharp drop in, in the futures. We did see live cattle futures a little bit more supportive today because they're already way below where the cash is, close to $20 below where we've seen some cash trade this week. So that says the board is expecting a pretty sharp drop in cash over in and over the next few weeks. 
On the hog side, we're already seeing that big drop in cash, and the board's actually leading the cash index lower, trading right now nearly $11 below the cash index. Real quick, the the indictment that came out today in regards to Pilgrim's Pride, is that going to have an effect on the rest of the proteins? Um, it could. It's something we're watching. Um, it's basically, as I understand it, result of uh, investigation that started several years ago. So this really doesn't have a whole lot to do with the current investigation and the price fixing. Uh, so I think it comes down to how many more, how much more this spreads, uh, whether it has significant price implications. But everyone will be cautious. All right. Sounds good, Arlen. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? INTLFCstone.com. All right, just a reminder commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss are not suitable for all investors. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.